Welcome to Set Meals, a weekly chat show about the moments that surround mealtimes. I'm Samuel Ashton. And I'm Taylor Fawcett. And we're still in Seoul. Practically live here now, eh? We do indeed. Seven days into our Far Eastern eating expedition, and the vegetable presence is at an all-time low. We went for one run, though, so... Yeah, everything in moderation, I guess. After a soju-soaked episode last week... Speaking of moderation... The last few days have been a little more relaxed. And certainly more sophisticated. In a way. So, the second instalment of our South Korea special, we'll be talking impeccable football stadium snack culture, as well as posing the question, is being featured on Netflix always a good thing? Let's bloody get on with it, shall we? Let's do it. Here we are then. Seven days in. Still in Seoul, living in Seoul. How are you feeling? I am feeling, right now, I'm feeling very hot because we're still under duvets. Yeah, I feel like we've perfected the fort this week, it though. really killed it. You're in the Set Meals long sleeve t-shirt, which I is am. a rookie mistake. Well, we have to turn the aircon off to record. Yeah. And it gets hot in about five seconds. It's weird. We were only in the city for a day and a half the last time we recorded. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, pretty much, right? What have we been doing in Seoul? Eating. We've done a lot of eating. Being forced to eat. I feel like when we, when we organised this trip... We knew there was going to be a lot of eating. Yeah. I don't think we realised that every time we tried to go for a beer... Which, which just to, to jump in, is, I think, a big part of when you're going to a new city mm-hmm. and you're going to all the... Especially, especially places like Seoul, and I think we're going to see it in Tokyo next week, where it's very neighbourhoody. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily one central point and it sprawls out. It's lots of different neighbourhoods. Yeah. And so a really good way... Once you get to those neighbourhoods and you have a bit of a wander around, to sit and just sort of soak it all up is just to sit and have a pint outside somewhere. Yeah, definitely. But it's physically impossible to find a bar. It's so hard. For a country that loves drinking... Yeah, apparently I read more, like, statistically more than any other Asian country. Yeah, I believe it. It's really hard to find a place to just drink. Just, uh, like, have a solitary drink. Yeah, to the point where we've gone to several places, sat down, ordered two beers, and then they just stood there and waited for us yeah. to carry on our order. And we're like, no, 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 that's fine. And they're like, oh, you, you have to leave. Like, you can't stay here unless you order this massive bowl of noodles or whatever. The most notable instance of this was when we went to Hongdae, which is the very famous kind of university district. A lot of, like, street performers, aspiring K-pop acts. Like, you really enjoyed it, right? That yeah, I loved, I loved it. I loved it. Weirdly for me, because I generally am not super on board with buskers in London. Mm-hmm. But it's I, next level, though. Isn't oh, it? It, I found it absolutely fascinating. Yeah, it's amazing. As a sort of phenomenon for people, these aspiring stars, to come and have like an audience. And it's not, you know, it's not 30 people gathered around. There's like 100 people or something, at least. And also, like, because of the, the culture here with tech, Everyone's recording things live stream. You are right, it's eye-opening, really eye-opening. But anyway... That area is very vibey, Yeah, what we're getting at. Yeah, good energy. We were like, let's go and get, grab a beer. Nigh on impossible to well, do. Well, of all the places I've been in the world, I think in that environment, I was like, we'll easily be able to find a beer. Yeah. So we bounced on the side street and jumped on like an outside table. I think at this stage we were like, well, I certainly was kind of like, I could probably do like a bar snack, like a Western bar snack. Yeah. But that wasn't happening in this place. You know, there was like, you know, steamed mussels and seafood, generally seafood, a lot of kimchi, a lot, just a lot of Korean food, basically. We opted for two beers, two pints of Cass, which has fast become our most disliked and most liked lager. The first pint, hate. Yeah. The rest, love. So we, we ordered, like, the safe option on the menu, which was uh, 
a giant omelette? Well, it didn't look giant on the menu. It looked like a regular size omelette on the menu. On the menu, it looked like we maybe have a couple of little bites each and we would placate the server who wanted us to eat, mm-hmm. but we actually wouldn't have to eat loads of food. Yeah, you like almost like cut it apart and like play with it a little bit. Yeah. And it came, and if you imagine, um, if anyone who's ever bought a new Mac computer, the box that the keyboard comes in, two of those stacked on top of each other, because yeah. it wasn't just the length no, was, and the width, the, it was the depth. Yeah, the depth. Was it was a three-dimensional omelette yeah. in a big way. It was deep. It was deep. <laughs> it came with a plastic saw to cut it in, cut it in pieces. Yeah, like a, like a bread knife. You know when you buy those kitchen play sets for kids? When they have whole kitchens. It was like a saw that had come in a pack like Odyssey, that. yeah. It was insanity. Two massive blobs of ketchup on either side. We couldn't We couldn't even get a quarter of the way in each side. I'd say I, I ate two regular-sized omelettes. Yeah. And I, we, we didn't even... That wasn't even half of it. It was mad. I would say there were... A, I would say there were solid 15 eggs. Easily. Easily, maybe 20. Easily. And probably a whole block of Cathedral City. So yeah, it's been a general theme of the trip. Yeah, it's just trying to find a beer. Yesterday, <laughs> after a long, long day exploration yeah. period, in that I would say we probably wandered for about an hour. We found somewhere. There was a little row of three places. We sat down, and they said, "You have to eat." Yeah, which we didn't want to do, we so we left. Do. So we tried the next place. We sat on the red plastic chairs outside. Uh, there were a couple of other people in there. It wasn't that busy, but yeah. like you were facing. Onto the street. I was facing into the restaurant. Right. Didn't know what was going on. No, I didn't. You, you were, you, you were a bit worried. I was just so confused. You were so cryptic. I was cryptic. I was trying to hold back the excitement. It's worth saying when you say Pyrex jugs, this isn't just like, oh, they looked like Pyrex jugs. They were actual Pyrex branded jugs. jugs. Half, l- half, jugs. half litre Pyrex jugs. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good Thanks. day, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. It, uh, honestly, it was it was it was fantastic. You know those we, moments we, when someone comes over and serves you something and you immediately start laughing but you have to hold it in until they walk away especially yeah. in a foreign country where you don't want to offend somebody mm-hmm. because they might think or an awful bloke basically yeah and it really it's absolutely nothing to do with them it's just <laughs> the fact that you've got half a litre of beer and a pirate jug in front of you <laughs> it was so funny it was so good I actually did a little bit of reading about this and basically it turns out that the way that the Koreans will have a night out is they they do these rounds or things called cha mm-hmm. which are like um, sort of different sections of the night so it's you know it'll be dinner with drinks then it'll be drinks with dinner then it'll be drinks with <laughs> snacks then it'll be a late night snack with drinks and then they'll go to the club but honestly man we've been here for a week I don't know how they do it I feel so full all the time uh, all the time like constantly full I feel like we're here on an eating trip honestly at this stage if you said to me you can't eat today I probably would be happy That'd about be fine. it fine yeah you'd yeah. survive honestly and also right we're, we're fans of fried chicken. Mm-hmm. We like fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Fried chicken's fantastic. It's on brand for this pod. Yeah. You're wearing a t-shirt with chicken on it. Literally on it, yeah. We've eaten so much fried chicken, I don't know how people can go about their evening. The last thing I want to do after fried chicken is go dancing. It's heavy. It's heavy, stodgy food. Not all the time, but a lot of the drinking culture food is quite stodgy, quite heavy, quite meaty. It's commendable. It's a commendable culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had a proper Korean night out on Saturday. Mm-hmm. We went for a late dinner mm-hmm. with a couple of drinks. Mm. And then we went and bought some 
cans from 7-Eleven and we went and found the playground. Yeah, which sound, which sounds sinister. Suspect. Yeah, it does. But it does. it's not. It's where, it's where uh, a lot of the young people in Hongdai hang out. Looking back, with hindsight, I think we were both... I mean, I was about five years too old to be there, which means you were about 15 years old to, <laughs> to be there. I'd rather forget about it than talk about it on the pod. Yeah. Here we go! Anyway, it led to... Uh, a fairly severe hangover on Sunday. Well, you say severe, right? But the beauty of soju, which is the sort of Korean rice rice wine, it is painfully cheap. It's like 70 pence a, a bottle or whatever. And it does give you a hangover, but not in the same way as, like, drinking loads of pints of lager does. No, or, like, heavy spirits. It just makes you a bit slow. Yeah. And a bit like, oh. The Sunday was very slow, a little bit laboured, I'd probably say. And we sat outside of 7-Eleven. We saw the football was on. FC Seoul, mm-hmm. the bi- the big one, a mere twenty minutes from where we were. Yeah, and we—it's not like football in London. You just turn up and pay for a ticket on the door and go in. Yeah, it cost about five quid. Yeah, we rocked up. Uh, it was where one of the, it was one of the stadiums where the World Cup fixtures were played. Mm. Um, so it was like a massive ground. The 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 level of snack, <laughs> the level of snack at Korean football. Outst- honestly, outstanding. Garlic bronze at the football. Unreal. None of this burger, hot dogs, nachos, stuff. They've got next level. Yakitori skewers. Honestly, man. There was a whole. There was one place doing ramen. At the football, and we went in the ground, and we were like, "Oh, maybe this is an outside thing." We get in the ground in the in the seating area. People are eating pizzas. They've got fried chicken boxes. They've got like huge containers of like watermelon. Honestly, looking around, it was like you were looking at the front page of Deliveroo. There may be better quality football on show elsewhere around the world, but the Koreans have absolutely nailed their snack game at the match. The variety is second to none, so <laughs> better. And there was just every different type of food. It was insane. Like when you go to a music festival and everyone has all their different... Yeah. Especially, you know, nowadays when there's so many street food, different places, and everyone's got different food... Honestly, it was better than that. Basically, we spent the first 15 minutes of the football just roaming around, sticking our arm out with our iPhones in, just taking, like, sly <laughs> pictures of everyone's yeah. food, of, like, kids eating pot noodles and mums eating chicken. It was amazing. It was so funny, because some of it was, like, very stereotypically, like, American, like, corn dogs. Yeah. And then some of it was people that had brought sushi wrapped up in uh, tinfoil. Yeah. Uh, but it, it wasn't just some people snacking. Every single person, except for us had some sort of snack. Yeah, it was amazing. It's amazing how for two like fairly hungover people that mm-hmm. aren't had specifically had a conversation five minutes before about how we weren't hungry, mm-hmm. to be surrounded by that level of snack, yeah. instantly you're starving. Honestly, it was the most on-brand set meals football experience I think we ever could have wished yeah, for. it was fantastic. And we saw one of the best goals I've ever seen live. Honestly, it was amazing. Oh, oh, oh. The trip's not all just drinking and eating deep-fried food, though. No. Well, no, it's not. We have done a lot of uh, cultural things. Mm. One particular place we've been to a couple of times is Guangjiang Market. If you imagine a crossroads in the middle of this market, big covered market, and then each quadrant mm-hmm. seems to sort of sell different yeah. things. So you yeah, have a meat and, meat and fish section, a textile section... And then running down that the sort of pathways that run on uh, at that crossroads are hundreds mm-hmm. of food stalls. Yeah, pretty much all doing 
the same very thing similar or variations thing, yeah. on the same thing. Yeah, very similar um, every single one of them is run by ladies. Mm-hmm. Little old ladies, usually. And there, this place was featured. If you have seen uh, Netflix's Street Food documentary series, this was one of the places that was featured on the Soul episode. Mm-hmm. But we went the first time and we got the mung bean pancakes. Yes, so that's one of the things that's mentioned on the doc. Yeah. I think the, w- the way we found out about this place was from that documentary. Mm-hmm. And I think with the reputation of things like Chef's Table and that street food doc, you feel like they are quite informed people. Mm-hmm. So recommendations from those places are places that you kind of want to go and try. Yeah. So that's how we sort of found it, and how we were searching for specific dishes. Mm-hmm. But I think, at, yeah, and at the back, but at the back of our head, I think we had also the. I mean, we had conversations about it a few times about how is it a good thing that we are being those tourists who are going off the Netflix recommendation and just going straight to those stalls, yeah, basically. And we're very we're hyper aware of how that can be perceived, and is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I wasn't necessarily, when we first went, wasn't going to search for those stalls. No, 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 no. I, I wanted to have a mung bean pancake because mm-hmm. they looked delicious and would have happily eaten it from any one of the places. And then we turn up and one of the main stalls sort of at the crossroads was one of the places that was featured on the show. And mm-hmm. they had a big printout poster on the front <laughs> of their place. Uh, it, it was noticeably more busy than mm-hmm. a lot of the other places. It was bigger. Yeah, but, it was bigger. But, I feel but like also, in proportion, still had more people. Yeah, for sure. More seats sure. full. Um, and they beckoned us in, and we sort of said, well, let's, let's try this one, mm-hmm. because this, if, if this one has been picked for the for show, sure. maybe it's the best one. Yeah. Um, although, arguably, a mung bean pancake is something that all of these ladies have been cooking for years. Well, that's how, it. How could you get it wrong? That's really? it. I didn't... I, I, in terms of flavour of that particular food item, I didn't love it. It wasn't... It didn't blow me away. It was, it was, a, it was a bit like a hash brown, right? Yeah. Sort of. Like yeah. a big hash brown. Huge. <laughs> like a giant hash brown. And But, like, like on that subject, like you just mentioned there about being informed and Netflix being informed is... Is it not a case of you know they've they've hired a fixer in this area and they they've they're the well informed ones and they maybe have a personal relationship with the X stall and they've picked it for a more personal reason and that is because that person has a better backstory they're going to be able to build off a narrative and that's all they care about so is it about the food or is it about the backstory for them the cynic in me does does think that they're just trying to make the best show they can make yeah of course and. You know, especially as an editor, you're always trying to be authentic to the story that you're trying to tell, right? But certain things just work better than others yeah. to communicate things. Mm-hmm. So there's no way that producers or even the, fi- the local fixer are going to know the quality of every single one of those stalls. There are hundred. There's at least a hundred of them. So you do think that particular stall is just a place that they've eaten regularly, or they, know, you know. Mm-hmm. It, but then also the guy who's talking about it on um, on the show. These are guys that do know their shit. Yeah. And so maybe they have sampled loads of different ones. I mean, she was famous for her hand-cut noodles, yeah. which was something where I said earlier that pretty much all the stalls seem to be doing the same thing. She was one of the only people that I... Because I was looking as we walked Yeah, through. it did seem that she... That was a more... That was her thing. That was her thing. More so. <laughs> this is it. This is it. Because I recognise that coffee sign behind it. Oh, she's still wearing the pink top. We've killed it. We've unintentionally nailed it. This is, this is it. There she is. Here we are, in Netflix. But, like you say, even just down to things like that stall genuinely was easier, would have been easier to shoot at than some of the others. Yeah, it was like right in the middle. Yeah. And also, and also, 
the food was fucking great. Oh. We, we agreed, like, those hand-cut noodles, which came in, like, sort of, like, uh, a broth, and it had, like, seaweed over it. Um, really clean flavour. She served kimchi with her with everything, just like a free kind of side. And she's quite famous for her kimchi, and it was unreal, super subtle, yeah. oh. easy, not too spicy, really flavorful. It was brilliant. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that she has been picked for any other reason than her food, because the food was, as you say, it was it was amazing. It was great. It, that was that was one of the situations where we finished and I just wanted to order more and more and more. Yeah. But I knew that I shouldn't because I would feel so full and yeah. I knew we'd have to eat something with a pint yeah. later on. Exactly. <laughs> but I like those those dumplings were perfect, the yeah. noodles were perfect. I just think for me, it just feels a little when you're sat around a stall and you're looking to your left and you're looking to your right and, you know, twenty five percent of the people around the, the stall are white tourists. Yeah. It just feels a little bit. Ugh. I don't know. I got. A, I've got. I have got a bit of a problem with it. But then at the same time, we're the exactly the same. We're no better. We're part of the problem. We are part of the problem. Or, I, but then again, is it a problem? I think that's the thing we're saying. Is like, is it? Is that an, an issue? That's is that the question, right? Is the question is there's sort of two sides to it. You, on the one hand, she by being on that show, she's getting a lot more attention than all the other stands. And like, what? As soon as we spotted her s- stall, we weren't interested in going to any of the others around it. We wanted to go there because we'd seen it and it had this great reputation, right? On the one hand, she's taking business away from other people, which is not necessarily a good thing. However... However, if your food is that much better than those people, maybe you deserve that anyway. And also, if they weren't on the show, would they even know to go there in the food? Well, this is the, this is the other side of the coin, right? Is that, is it just generally a good thing to just be bringing people to this market and, you know, generating business and income and, I think that- and popularity... Across the across the board, yeah, I think really that that is that is a thing. It is a good thing, of course. Of course, it is. Tourism is like you know. I think it's a big theme of ours is to be quite cynical about tourism and always trying to find this more authentic experience and not trying to listen to the guidebooks too much. And but it's you sort of take for granted that much like a lot of places in London, tourism is a huge part of industry and you know especially for countries that are totally separated from. The Western world. I don't know. I just think there's a very cynical view of tourism in London, and also because there's so many restaurants and food establishments or whatever open in London that things are, aren't authentic. And I think you're very like, oh, this is a shit version of this thing. This is a shit version of this thing. Yeah. And I think it's very easy to be neggy on it. But like you say, the food was brilliant. The yeah. service was brilliant. Everyone was really smiley and lovely. And there was definitely an air of this lady really cares that people are coming to see her and are visiting her stall. Yeah, she, she, she was checking, she was glancing over at us when we were eating, checking to see if we were enjoying it. Yeah, she was really into it. And like, yeah. imagine like she's gone from, you know, she's doing all right, et cetera, et cetera, to she's doing really well because of Netflix. It's nice to see. Fair play. Yeah, it's great. Because she obviously works hard and she's worked hard at it. So I think ultimately, to answer the question, is it a good thing? to be featured on a show like that I think generally yes Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think it's the responsibility of like the programme makers to make sure that they represent the culture as like a whole rather than just be like go to this one place go to this one place which I think they did do they do do it and and also I feel like it was very accurately represented because what we saw on the show 
we then went and experienced and, yeah. it, and it was it was great exactly I loved it <laughs> restaurant section then yeah where do we go sanchon and what was sanchon sanchon is a vegan temple food restaurant yes i think it's quite famous uh, yes. in seoul we got recommended it from a very nice man who owned a a taco restaurant uh somewhere in town a really nice guy who gave us a list of uh sort of spots that he he would recommend and he was top of the list and bloody glad he did it too actually yes mm-hmm. so buddhist temple food entirely yeah. vegan mm-hmm um and very clean healthy naturally earthy, yeah. natural food yeah um no artificial additives no which used. is exactly what we needed after four nights on the trot of deep fried mainly chicken but also other things but the thing is with that it's not even like we're eating shit food purposely like no. we're not we're just eating local food yeah. which happens to be like korean fried chicken korean barbecue whatever korean barbecue which by the way is not unhealthy because it's basically just cuts of meat and grilled and little bits and pieces that you eat on the side bits, yeah. but the one thing we feel like we've been missing is vegetables yeah the vegetable mi- it's really hard to eat veg here so we needed that green hit yeah and we time. nearly went for an avocado based brunch to satisfy that but yes. we managed to stave that off we did we walked a little bit further and we found tucked away in yeah. Insa Sanchon quiet isn't it very peaceful very peaceful indeed 16 course lunch yeah. Sounds excessive. It sounds excessive, but it's not 16 courses one after the other. No, and they're all like really small dishes. Mm. They're like kind of like picky bits throughout, basically. Yeah, it's, if it says on the menu, you know, sticky rice cake, There's like two you just get two of them. Yeah, one each. exactly. Um, <laughs> so we, we go in, uh, we get told to wash our hands. Mm-hmm. Um, Already from stepping through the door, it is an entirely different experience to anywhere else. It's, very traditional. Yeah. It's very quiet. Very quiet. Sort of like the sound of running water coming from somewhere, but you're not really sure where. Yeah, there's like basically an open expanse in the middle of the restaurant where like a tree is kind of like yeah sticking its head in. Do you know what? When we first walked in, I thought, oh, this is gonna be- we've been sold a bit of a novelty experience yeah. here. I realised later that's because actually it was the first kind of tradition that we'd seen. It looked so historical and so old school that, you know, when stuff looks that... When, when something goes so far that way, mm. you think, oh, like you say, you're like... Like being at Disney. Is it fake? Is yeah. it like a fake thing? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think we both had that pang of, oh, God, I hope this isn't rubbish. Yeah, but then we walked to our table and it quickly became apparent that that was not the case because everybody in there was Korean. Having a little glance at people's dishes and stuff, I was like, yeah, this is this is legit. It's like a good spot. So basically, I mean, we didn't even really have to order. They just... We sat down, they just cracked on with it. Yeah, they did. It was, it was like one set menu, like I say, 16, 16 plate menu. Yeah, and it sort of said all the different names of the dishes, but then when they actually were coming, you couldn't really distinguish. I didn't have a clue what was going on. I'll read a couple of examples of, of just things that were on the menu. For example, you have something that's very specific. It says, you know, fried kelf of dried lava with grain, mm-hmm. which sounds like one very specific dish. Then just number three below that is just jellied food. Yeah. I mean, very broad. Which is, yeah, a bit vague. So it sort of came in rounds, didn't it? With the yeah. The first sort of four dishes came over. Yeah, the, the, sort of the starters, I guess. Yeah, each of us had a bowl of kimchi mm-hmm. and a grey... Porridge. Oh, yeah, on the menu it was porridge of the seasons. Yeah. Jade food. I don't think we've got everything. No, I feel like I'm eating something out of a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
You know, the other day I said I'd never eaten a grey food. That is grey. This soup is the colour I would paint the feature wall in my living room. <laughs> I mean, look, the porridge was a grey porridge. It looked awful. Let's, let's not beat around the bush. It looked terrible. Didn't really taste of anything either. It tastes grey as well. Very subtle. And by subtle, I mean it's tasteless. <laughs> uh, we kind of started digging into the first items, the, the starter plates, which now, in hindsight, is kind of, I guess, they're kind of like a palate cleanser anyway. Yeah. And it eases you into the dish and yeah. it eases you into the mealtime. But I tell you, there was a, I was a few mouthfuls in and I thought, there is no, I haven't I haven't tasted anything yet. And if we have to do this for 16 rounds, yeah. it's going to be a long it's gonna, Yeah, it's going to get boring quick, I tell you. But... We stuck at it. We did. Because... For the pod. For the pod. For the pod. We are... Fair. We are. Listen, we're nothing except meals if we aren't fair. Yeah, we are fair. And this is fairly subtle. So then round two came. Yeah. Which everything... A, got a little bit more in volume. Yeah, and... and B, a bit more in excitement. Yeah, colourful was the was the main thing. Yes. The colours were popping off. There was more greens. There was more yellows. There was more oranges. There was things happening. Definitely. The particular highlight of that bit was, um, again, I don't know what it is on the menu because I just couldn't make anything correspond, uh, but it was essentially what seemed like cabbage leaves mm-hmm. that had just been fried in some oil. Yeah, I was So the outside was crispy. And the inside was like... Fleshy? It was almost like cod. That's what I kept on thinking. Yeah. It was like the skin... I say skin. I mean, it was just a lettuce leaf, I think. Yeah, it was crispy on the outside because it had been fried in loads of oil. Yeah, I mean, delicious. Well, yeah. That's more... Hey, that's more... Yeah, deep fried. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it was really good. It was. It was. It It tasted so flavourful, and I didn't really know how they'd done it because it didn't seem like there was any real seasoning on it other than yeah. the oil they used to cook it in. And they also brought over a small bottle... Um, a bottle, almost like a little miniature sort of vase, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, well, And it had, right. a, it had a little piece of sort of muslin tied over the top and two tiny little shot-sized glasses, basically, which they brought over and we kind of, neither of us even really noticed it was there. No, we didn't touch it. Not out of not no, wanting to try no. it, we just didn't really know what to do with it because yeah. it had this muslin over the mm-hmm. top. And then she came over and, and explained like, to us what it was yeah. and said, oh, you can drink this. It's no alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No alcohol. No alcohol. Can you use a laugh How many times should we say, I don't care? <laughs> what do you think, sir? <laughs> <laughs> mm. It's a wise place to be hot. It is nice, though, that. I like that. <laughs> it's nice to try new things, isn't it? <laughs> We've got to stop laughing. I feel like we're being really <laughs> That's good. Hey, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair. You were a nightmare. You know when you get going and you just can't stop yourself? <laughs> God. I <laughs> 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 
Good. Good. That's so much. <coughs> Do you want to taste like that? Tastes like um, a sweet or an ice cream I used to have as a kid. It does. It's so it's so like flavorful. It does. It's, um, it tastes like. It was like being in English lessons when I was about twelve years old. Honestly. The, the fact that it was so quiet and calm in there oh and, and it's the sort of place that you have to be respectful. I try, I was trying to rein you in. I, you were going. I was trying to rein you in. I was I, trying to be the dad of the table and you were going and going. It smells like... <laughs> and going. You wouldn't stop laughing. It was like she was broken. <laughs> it was like she'd come over and she'd crashed. She'd like a factory... <laughs> <laughs> like, a fa- <laughs> like a factory reset. Honestly, uh, on, if she'd have said if she'd have said apple, pear, and pine tree <laughs> one more time, I think I would have just fully lost it. Do you know what? For me, it was the it was because she mixed the order of it up every oh. time. It was. Do you know what it was like? Do you know those memes when it's um, trying to reach the word count at uni in an essay? <laughs> it was like that. Anyway, that was the highlight of the meal. Uh, it, honestly, it was worth. Uh, by that point, when we'd had quite a lot of bland food and a couple yeah. of a couple of slightly more tasty things yeah. I thought do you know what it's worth that was worth it yeah 100% it was so funny whatever they bring out next Honestly, that was worth it it was, it was brilliant it was so good it was good so then uh, the sort of main event happened yeah and she brought over like a big a big kind of wicker a round wicker um, bowl bowl sort of like a basket tray tray which had a lid on it yeah um, and opened it at like put loads of dishes around it basically when you say loads I mean, we actually counted yeah how much is here? It's the most plates I've ever had on one table, ever. Yeah, definitely. Inclusive of dinner parties. We should count. One, two, three, four, Twenty-four plates. Twenty-four plates. Between two men. Twenty-four bowls. Twenty-four bowls. Between two men. She takes the lid off of this tray, yeah. and inside it are like six more bowls. Yeah. It just bowl city. Really, <laughs> there were so many bowls. Uh, with the and they basically oh, had <laughs> varying, like varying sort of degrees. I mean, they were all the same thing. It was all like seaweed, yeah, and uh, like sliced spring onions and stuff like that. Green general green things, which general is exactly green. what we wanted. Again, on brand. That was what we wanted from this this visit. Uh, varying levels of spice and sort of sesame level. They just all seem to have sesame seeds in and various degrees of like soy sauce usage. Basically, then we've just got twenty-four bowls in front of us. One it. had some noodles in. One had some. We each had a rice, and there was a sort of bean stew. And then basically, you just have to crack pick. on with it. Yeah, pick a bit of kimchi, some button mushrooms, uh, like some sort of like like you say, some kind of like fermented beans and the soy glazed um, potatoes. Yeah. They were pretty good. Yeah, it was like you know some sweet things in there, but it was really just like picky bits. It was like yeah. tapasy. Generally, oh, just very pleasurable. I don't know if it blew me away, Fla- flavor wise. No. I think the second round was probably the best for flavor. To be honest, I probably agree with that. I think, I mean, then arguably the dessert came and which was basically uh, dry, like dried sliced vegetable slash fruit and a puffed rice ball thing yeah, which was quite cool which is really nice I think that was probably the most enjoyable bit there was a cinnamon I'm not even sure what vegetable it was to be honest it was a sliced vegetable which had some cinnamon over it and it was delicious I, crisp. Yeah. I could have eaten an entire pack there was one 
crisp that sort of was as if you tried to make your own crisps at home and it had gone a bit wrong. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't great. Nah, but the rest, cool. the rest of it was good and it came with a little cinnamon sort of drink shot. Yeah, which was also delicious. Yeah. I thought, like a cold tea, like a cinnamon tea. Like you say, all in all, didn't blow me away in terms of flavour. Like, you know, look, it's never going to be uh, a bowl of ramen or a, you know, a plate of fried chicken no. for me. But it was a great experience. It really was. And it, and it felt, you know, if you're a Buddhist monk mm-hmm. and you're trying to be clean and healthy and not do anything that distracts you from your meditation and your work, then that's the sort of food you need because it, it felt so clean. Yeah, for sure. What I enjoyed about it, and this this actually goes for all the Korean sort of restaurants and experiences we've had so far, is that it is just that. It's an experience. Yeah. We haven't been to a restaurant yet where you sit down, someone comes and takes your order, then they bring you one plate, you eat that plate and you go. Yeah, every Every type of food has its own way of eating it and its own way of doing things yeah it's all built around an experience it's very exper- experiential yeah. or, or every restaurant and it seems like designed to be and again as we spoke about on the last episode the idea of I can understand why the idea of eating alone has been taboo for so long because all of the different foods there are designed to be shared yeah. with friends yeah. and or with their friend or you know it's it's a very social way of definitely eating. definitely all in all, it was good. I'm happy that we did something quite different. Yeah, I agree. I think I would have felt guilty if we hadn't have had an experience like that. Yeah, and it certainly ticked my uh, health box. Yeah, I mean. And enables us to just carry on eating shitty food. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. sign it off. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Good. Like, hey, this is the last Soul Ep. I know. This is part two of two for Soul. When this goes out, we are going to be f- flying to Tokyo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will. We'll be in the air. And then we've got two more Tokyo apps coming for your ears. What are you looking forward to, Tokyo? A uh, couple of specific restaurants. Mm-hmm. Kikambo Ramen, mm-hmm. which is a really spicy uh, ramen place. Uh, Gaiozalu, obviously, mm-hmm. which is a staple of both of our trips to Tokyo so yeah. far. Uh, and then also I'm looking forward to going down the list of recommendations that we received from our good friend of the podcast, Will, mm-hmm. from Triple Cooked, who's mm-hmm. put together... A comprehensive list of Tokyo an Eats. An excellent list of Tokyo Eats, which we, I'm sure, will be sharing some of those in some Definitely. form next week. And we will be going to the baseball. Yes. We booked ahead and got some tickets to the baseball. Will the snack culture be the same in Tokyo as it is in Seoul? One can only hope. And we'll be catching up with uh, the Football Rambles' Pete Donaldson in Tokyo to do... Japanese things which he loves Japan app will be out next Thursday so keep your eyes peeled for that keep an eye on our social channels at Set Mills Podcast for visual treats that will be uh, pulling you through this trip cool alright mate let's go and eat some chicken let's go for a run absolutely not absolutely not